people don't want to see this put together person in front of them giving them advice. They want to know that you've walked the journey and will walk it with them. Welcome to the Watermark Wesleyan Church Reach and Teach Podcast with your hosts, Randy Johnson and Dan Ward. Welcome to another adventure here with Reach and Teach Podcast. Dan, how are you doing today? Doing all right, Randy. How about you? Great. I had a cool time the other day. I went down to Buffalo. I had an amazing time going and visiting the Ministry Center of PATH. People Against Trafficking Humans. That's the place. This was founded by one of our members here at Watermark, Julie Palmer. And we sat down and had a conversation. And basically, that's what I want to do today is play that for you. And I don't think I need a whole lot more introduction. But I will tell you, I'm just more and more fascinated about the number of places we touch in Buffalo and the opportunities that are available downtown. I have an email now, rjohnson at watermarkwesleyan.com. And you have yours at dward at watermarkwesleyan.com. And we also have the podcast email now, which is reachandteach at watermarkwesleyan.com. So any one of those ways will reach us for two reasons. One is to inquire about opportunities. Or Every time we go and do a training a and talk about human trafficking, about 75% of the room doesn't believe it do happens here or in their suburb to. or where they live, yeah, and it is. Tell me just a little bit about how people can plug into small groups again, because it seems like that's a very logical get yourself more acquainted with Watermark is to be in a group because it provides some stuff. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. There's information on the website if you navigate through to community groups. We work with people to either help them start a group or join a group, depending on their situation. We have Kim Smith as our community group coordinator. She helps people kind of make that transition into a group or help them get one started. So we work with people all the time to do that. We're working on kind of our next iteration of what the process looks like. I know in the past we've had kind of a big event called Group Link where people can attend and then get into a group out of that. So we're considering that. It's a little bit odd right now with COVID-19 restrictions and limitations. So yeah, we're just trying to figure out how to navigate all that. But typically there's an event where you can come a couple times a year and join a group right now. It's it's a little bit more one-on-one. Mm. But yeah, people can email me or Kim Smith or just navigate through the website and click on the form. When we get to the other side of this, we'll be doing more together. And I just also think it would be kind of neat if some of the groups themselves decide, hey, let's go into Buffalo and do something cool. Yeah. And we'll have those opportunities available too. So. Yeah, I know we have some groups that do things together like that regularly. And as a matter of fact, just a week ago or so, we had a men's group go and take care of a bunch of household needs for one of our widows from church and spent a portion of an afternoon over there just knocking out a punch list. But yeah, we we have all sorts of groups that do all sorts of amazing stuff. We have more opportunities than are imaginable and it's amazing the different talents that are needed to fill those and sure. people might say, what do I got? What can I do? Oh, oh we got stuff for you. So Absolutely. We'll, we'll find a way. But yeah. anyway, let's get back to Julie. Yeah, so Julie Palmer, you uh, went down to path and interviewed her the other day so we're gonna check that out together and I, I know we talk about opportunities there too as during the interview so i'll throw it to myself you know why don't you throw it to me so <laughs> why don't you tell randy to take it away all right randy johnson interviewing julie palmer director of path also the founder of path and i'm looking forward to learning more about it and hearing from your interview so let's go 
Well, this is great. We have a beautiful sunny afternoon. I hear sirens in the distance. We're in downtown Buffalo at the headquarters of PATH. I'm sitting with Julie Palmer, and we're going to learn a little bit about PATH today. Julie, thank you for joining this thing we're doing, and I hope to learn a lot today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you've been a part of the church family for like ever, like for a million years or <laughs> well, now so. Now I'm going to age myself. Yeah, yeah over uh-huh. 30 years. We'll just put it at that. Wow. Wow. Well, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. Give me enough so we know you a little bit, and then we'll talk about what God did with PATH. Sure. Yeah, God's given me an amazing family. I have a husband, Jeff. He's actually a music teacher in Amherst, and my greatest supporter in all of this and really honestly my rock beyond Jesus that helps me get through each day of serving and I have four awesome kids our oldest is actually adopted Mm -hmm. and biracial so has some African-American roots and then I have two daughters we birthed and my youngest is also adopted so we have a beautiful blended family that God's blessed us with well um, I saw the pictures, so I know that they are indeed a very good-looking family as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. It's all God's creation. Yes, he's quite, <laughs> quite an amazing paintbrush he has, yes. isn't it? That's really cool. One of the things we're interested in is finding out how God kind of opens you up to an idea of something like this. I mean, how did you get from where you were to all of a sudden now you're running a very significant organization doing some very important work, which we're going to talk about. But how does that happen? Yeah, I'd say it's God rocked my world. Mm -hmm. He has a tendency to do that. (laughs) And decided that everything I preconceived wasn't Mm -hmm. about to happen. So (laughs) that's kind of how I would start Uh it. Um, You know, we have four kids. When I had, my background is all mental health, master's in mental health. Mm -hmm. My bachelor's is in music therapy. Spent about Mm -hmm. 16 years in my career doing mental health and music therapy and behavioral health. And in that period, I had my third child, and there was some medical needs to address with her. So I resigned and stayed home, and, you know, she's great and fine at this point. But during that period, God just started really putting that pull to ministry. And I really, truly did not know what that was to be. I just felt very heavy that he's calling me. And so I was introduced actually to Paul Gartley at that time. And he just said, why don't you come and hop into some outreach stuff and missions things. And he invited me to an equipping weekend. And so went to that equipping weekend. And during that talk, Poetis was there and Robin Shara from Eastern Hills was there. And they both spoke about human trafficking. And I just remember sitting through the whole thing, just sobbing. And I just kept feeling, why is this bothering so much? It is a really difficult issue, but it was just overwhelming me emotionally. And I just, as I drove home, I just felt really distinctly two things the Lord said to me. One was, that is how I feel when my children are treated that way. And the second was, I really want you to get involved in this, Julie. And so anyone who knows me knows I'm somewhat candid and thought, well, God knows what I think. So I just said, no, God, I'd rather not do that. (laughs) That's Um, a common response to certain things. (laughs) You know, and I felt like I had some good reasons. I had the kids. I didn't really know enough about human trafficking. It sounded like a pretty dark issue. I just felt like, wow, God, I have no idea. And I just felt like he said to me, 
when I present you an opportunity, just be open and move forward. And so I thought, okay, that's fine, but you're going to have to make it super clear because I'm not <laughs> feeling really like I want to pursue this. Yeah. And so really that's what God has done from 2012 to now is constantly just providing me opportunities and then I have to just be faithful to walk in it. Mm. And so in that time, I filled out a card after they spoke and Robin talked about human trafficking and PATH. She invited me to a meeting in the mail. I got an invitation. I thought, okay, God, I'll check this out. I don't know if this is anything. And it was a couple dozen people in the faith community that were trying to get together and talk as a coalition of what could they do to raise more awareness and partner with other groups. And in the one meeting I attended, Robin looked at the group and said, you know, I'm in full-time ministry at the church and I'm realizing I just can't put a lot into this that I'd like. If there's anyone in the room who's feeling called, please let me know and we'll talk more. And I can still remember that day of just sitting there like, this can't be what God means. Like, this isn't it, is it? And just so at the end, her and I had a conversation and she's like, wow, that sounds like God. Let's get together and pray and talk. And so we did and just felt that clarity. And then she helped mentor me through that transition. In that same year, God called me to Africa on missions. And I just felt like he did a just a really spiritual healing of some wounds from my past that he really helped me resolve. And I think it was everything was intentional and timely and of God, just because I think going through that, I felt like he was saying, I needed you to resolve these things so you can go out and lead the way I need you to lead. So basically the order was you were called. Then after you accepted that, God sorted out some things in your life. You didn't Mm -hmm. have to be all sorted out first and i'm still not all sorted out <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's be real honest. let's be real clear so you're saying god can use anybody oh goodness i mean there are days where i still think and i'm eight years in and i still have days where i'm like really like yeah. why did you think i was the person <laughs> yeah. to do this? but that's what that's the god only uses broken people oh absolutely only And I think the beautiful part of it, while the things in my life have been difficult, I think it's given me perspective to relate to the people I serve. Absolutely. I've definitely not ever been trafficked or anywhere Mm. close, but I've had some brokenness in ways that I can understand some of their journeys. Mm -hmm. And that has helped a lot because people don't want to see this put together person in front of them giving them advice. Mm -hmm. They want to know that you've walked the journey and will walk it Mm -hmm. with them. And what's been really neat to see God do is the people he's brought on staff have had journeys of Mm -hmm. things that help them relate to maybe the circumstances of clients, whether they've had some family member in addictions or their own assault history or just a family member with mental health, or just different things they've endured and lived through and kind of God's helped heal, they now are, just their hearts are so open to our clients and so genuine. And I just see how God uses that. And we're all still broken. We're all still a work in progress as a team. But I see how God uses those people to minister to people. Mm, That's good. That's good. The movies and all that, display human trafficking in a certain way and it's always in a certain context and it's always somebody's getting stolen from one country dragged to another one what is human trafficking really can you help us understand that yeah so if we look at the legal definition of human trafficking 
It is both sex and labor trafficking, and it's the recruiting, harboring, or transporting a person solely for the purpose of exploiting them, and almost always financial gain or some type of goods that's exchanged. And so when we look at that, we look at the recruiting side, there needs to be force, fraud, or coercion for it to be considered human trafficking. So we can think of physical violence and force to engage someone. We can think of fraud where we promise somebody maybe a situation, a circumstance, a job, and then it's not what they were promised. And then coercion, which is what we see a lot of, and that's a manipulation of people's vulnerabilities you have an addiction need, you have a place you need to stay, you need help with finances, you have a history of running away, just all these areas that we see vulnerability. And so that's the recruiting side. Then the harboring just means there's some type of hold. It doesn't have to mean kidnapping. And most often we see it's a manipulation. It's a belief that a person has that they're reliant on that person that they manipulate. And then transporting does not mean overstate or international lines. It could just mean that they're taken to a hotel and they're solicited or they're working at some restaurant or they're placed somewhere to do an exploitive act. And so that's how we see trafficking play out in all its various forms. We primarily work with females and youth. Um, we occasionally have male referrals, and we just see it in all forms. I will say the most prominent form of recruiting grounds is the internet and social media by far. And if we think about it, that's what everybody's doing, mm-hmm. particularly our youth. They are a digital generation, and that's all they know. And so it's very easy and makes a lot of sense that a recruiter is going to use those means to access them. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that's the biggest thing we're constantly combating even just getting the people we serve to stop being on those platforms, stop engaging those ways, is very difficult because that's how our world communicates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any advice to parents? Oh, <laughs> I have four kids. <laughs> flip phones. We're going to flip phones now. Well, so I'll be really honest. I have ki- kids ranging 14 all the way down, and they're only allowed what's called a gab phone, and mm. that's where it just allows phone calls and text messaging. You can't even text pictures. You can't do any Internet on it. And those are available how? The website. There's a gab phone website. That's well, where we purchased. Great resource. Super. Um, I'm not, I mean, I have a smartphone. I'm not saying not to use them. I'm saying that my advice would be more look at the maturity of your child as opposed to the age of your child. And look at, think about how much information access the internet allows. Even with your parameters on it, there are always ways to circumvent. There are apps that are virtually impossible for parental controls. There are things your kids can do on those phones that you can never know. Mm-hmm. They can delete and erase it as soon as they do it. And there's things that automatically erase. Correct. They don't uh, even erase it it erases itself so unless a parent's following their child's device Mm -hmm. in real time there's just so much they can do and then delete it Mm -hmm. Um, and so educating your children not being afraid to have conversations that there Mm -hmm. are people literally i've you know just working with law enforcement in the justice department there are literally perpetrators that will just spend their day perusing social media platforms looking for that kid that they can convince to do something wow all right let's get back to path what i'd like you to do if you could is 
think of a particular individual that would we could call typical if, if that I know there's no typical mm -hmm. but let's let's pretend there is and find somebody that's come through here that you could kind of just walk us through what happened and how your ministry functioned for them how they were helped and just so people have an idea of practically how this works yeah there's there's just a lot come flooding my head yeah. that stand out to us I think one that you know, there's you meet people and you serve people, and there's just these certain, there's certain people that tug your heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Thinking of one woman we serve you who can is, make up a different name for her. If you yeah, know. we'll call her Tanya. She's just literally lived an entire life of abuse, from her childhood up until her adulthood. She's just unbelievable and so ended up getting in addictions ended up being in prostitution having pimps control her lifestyle everything she was doing she was beaten she was hit by a vehicle just has had injury unbelievable assault and now in the later years of her life is working as much as she can to restore and she comes here and literally uses everything we have to offer. And she's a traumatized woman. She still struggles. She still has anger outbursts. She still can react. But she will come up to our staff intentionally say, I love PATH. You guys represent God. You remind me of who God is. You help me stay in line with that. You help me know what I believe. And she utilizes the art unbelievably express herself. I mean, these some of these people have been talked out. They've mm -hmm. talked about their trauma and talked about their trauma, but some of them just need a place they can go where they feel safe, mm -hmm. where it feels like home. We really try to design our space. You know, we have a respite room with furniture and really wanting people to know that this is a safe respite. And the music therapy she'll utilize our social workers, the spiritual component, the meals we've been delivering to her because she is in the high-risk community in the 215 zip code. And, and just watching her so beautifully yeah. use the resources we have to offer because she genuinely wants to be whole. And just seeing how God's using that and wow. using our team in her life is really amazing. That is incredible. How many people are you serving? Our current caseload is probably around 125. Mm -hmm. um, I would say in a year's time, it's it's around 300 that come mm -hmm. and go. Um, and we do work with at-risk populations as well as traffic victims. So we also can get referrals of vulnerable traumas that are vulnerable to trafficking as well as those affected by human mm -hmm. trafficking. Is there another one you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, our youth. So I'm a mom with teens. So I feel like the mom in me, it, when you hear of the stories of things happening to 13 and 14 year old girls, maybe just strikes me because I think that could be my daughter. Mm -hmm. In my entire career, I'm in my 40s-ish. These stories are probably the hardest I've ever heard in my life of dealing with the behavioral health world or trauma world just the one I'm thinking about where we were serving her, just this girl who is really, really tapping into our services. We get a lot of youth that are in probation or court mandate, 
because we were able to provide a space for them when they leave school. We'll pick them up, take them here. We're here till seven. So interestingly, we're told that some of the higher risk times for youth are between three and seven, not necessarily in the middle of the night. Really? Because that's when guardians are working. They're mm -hmm. not being monitored. The schools just release them. So there's just this zone of like, nobody knows what they're doing and paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it's still the middle of the day. So there's some safety in the kids' minds of being out there. And so it's been interesting to see that tends to be when a lot of problems can occur. So I think we've helped bridge a gap there for some of these youth in providing that safe place. We give them their meal, help them stay on their homework. And so we work with them on those things. But just hearing one who started really tapping into our services and then somehow got re-recruited. And I just remember a staff coming to me saying that two weeks later they found her Basically, she was so badly assaulted that it took several weeks for her to heal um, physically. Mm. And I just think, like, that girl was in my head for a while after that. Sorry, it makes me a little emotional. Mm. But just thinking, like, that's framed her future, mm. right? Her sexual identity, how she sees men, how she interacts. It's just really affected. And so we've been able to wrap back around her. Weeks to heal. So whatever happened... Physically Week, took weeks. Weeks to heal, to heal physically, but mm -hmm. emotionally. Oh, still years. ongoing. Yeah, this isn't a unique incident. It's not unusual. Let's just say that. It's not. No. And it's happening, and there's a lot of people that you'd like to reach that are yet to be reached, and. Uh, and you know, it's interesting you make that statement because I was saying to my staff, especially during COVID, that the thing that's weighing the most heavy on me is the limitations in reaching those that we haven't yet reached. Mm. And how do we as an organization rethink how we do that? Things have changed a lot. A lot of human services have essentially paused. Even law enforcement told us up until like a couple of weeks ago, they weren't even out in the streets because of COVID pause. Mm. So I just think about the whole world is kind of paused, but victimization hasn't. No. I can guarantee you it's gone up. And we've seen some of our youth get re-recruited while that was happening. We had one of the perpetrators get re released early because of the COVID releases oh, and he re-engaged her. She's now in another state trying to get her back. So we're just seeing victimization is not going to stop just mm. because the pause is out there. Criminals don't care. Right. right? And so that it has been a thing in my mind of reinventing because we've done street outreach. Is that a safe way to go? Is there other approaches we can let the community know that we exist and that PATH is a resource? So that's always something we're praying about to continue to expand our work and reach those things. And I think we have a new building coming and thinking that's a great way too, that we'll have more space and growth of programming that God can help us serve the community even greater. But that has been mm. on my heart a lot lately. So it's interesting you say that. Mm. I just have one more, I'll make it brief, but this mm. is our latest God story for sure. Our youth social worker was saying how she got a phone call from a client that we hadn't heard from in like six months because she was put in a placement out of the city and made a point of calling to let her know how she was doing and doing really well and this treatment program was working and meanwhile she said guess what so and so is here so this other client came from the niagara county community we also serve some of that population those two clients are social or serving, but they had never met each other. Then they go to this house out of the area together and they start talking to each other. And one was like, oh yeah, I used to go to PATH. And the other's like, PATH? 
I used to go to PATH. Wow. And then they started talking about Erin wow. and the impact. So they wanted to call her and tell her that we wouldn't have met or had a conversation had and gotten been. to know had it not been for knowing the connection of PATH and how cool. these girls are really helping encourage each other through their healing. And that is not a coincidence. I just mm. don't believe that's a coincidence, mm. that God had two girls that were mm. being seen here who didn't know each other until they got this mm. placement, and that was the common ground that brought them together. Wow. And these youth who normally don't see it a priority to call and thank mm. or let mm. staff know what's going on, yeah. to call and say, thank you because yeah. of PATH, you helped us with this relationship. And they're saying when we finish our treatment here, they're so excited to come back. Wow. That's like a God story. Maybe those youth don't yet see that. And I think well, our staff... they could be working here, you know. And, right. And, and helping others. That'd be great. So it just we see God do these little... He knits people together. I want to give people an opportunity to connect with you mm-hmm. practically. Can you list for us some of the ideas or some of the thoughts of who might be able to help here and how? Mm-hmm. I would say first I'll just say what we do because mm-hmm. that might help people understand what they'd be doing here. Right. So our mission is addressing human trafficking through education, prevention, and restoration. And so we do tons of speaking, educating. And I would say that's one way someone could get involved is even if they're a part of a ministry, an organization, their business, talking about it. Because I will say every time we go and do a training and talk about human trafficking, 75% of the room doesn't believe it happens here or in their suburb or where they live. And it is. So that's a huge piece of being able to identify. And then we work with prevention because we work with those at-risk groups. And then we do restoration at our enrichment center. So at our enrichment center, we address people physically, emotionally, and spiritually in helping them restore. And so we do have the master level staff that do all the one-on-one support and safety and case linking, managing. And then we have art therapy and music therapy and fitness classes. We provided meals, clothing items, support groups that we offer, and that spiritual care and that prayer support. So those are a variety of things that we offer those that we serve. And one of the barriers we have found for our clients is getting them transported here. That's often what keeps people from being compliant and continuing services mm-hmm. is you say take the bus 95 percent of our clients do not have vehicles the notion of taking a bus the stress that is on them making sure they find the right timing making sure it goes on the route making sure they're not taking five stops to get mm-hmm. here all that goes into that is overwhelming for them. And so we transport our clients. We have a van that was donated. So we're looking for drivers, people who have times that they would be willing to drive our clients. So that's a huge need we have. Mm -hmm. The other is helping us with our meals. We do feed our clients three days a week. We were delivering it during COVID. We're slowly coming back to being able to do the food here. We're going to package the food up and send it home with clients. We're not going to be quite yet ready to eat here, but Mm -hmm. that's a huge part of meeting their needs. Food is a basic need, and especially during COVID, we've had stories of clients saying they had no food and if we hadn't come. So that's a big part of what we do. So helping put together meals or even donate meals, however people want to do that. We have a child room so mom can participate. We have a structured activity and a staff that works in a room with those kids while mom's here. So just volunteers will go in and say, yeah, I'll help care for kiddos while mom is trying to get services. That's a big need that we have. Just even a reception, you know, answering the phone, 
loving on our clients, mm. greeting them at the door, making them feel welcome. It almost sounds like if you have a pulse, you could be helping there. Absolutely. And then we do have skill sets. You know, some mm-hmm. people come in, they're a nurse or they have a skill they can teach or, you know, working, readiness, whatever it is that they could have, all the way from knitting to any specialty, we have incorporated those people because if God's gifted you or given you experience and background and you're feeling led to serve, we absolutely want to use that. How does somebody contact you? There's multiple ways. You can go on our website, pathofwny.org, and there's a contact page. You send that, we would get your info. You can call us which that's 716-601-5678, 24 hours, call or text. Mm -hmm. And then we have an email. It's info at pathofwny.org. Any of one of those ways will get your information, and then one of our staff will reach out and set up a time to meet. Well, I'll tell you, you have a beautiful location here. I understand it's Mm -hmm. even going to get better. (laughs) And the thing that's amazing here is how safe it is. I mean, you've got Mm. a fenced-in parking lot. It's on a safe street. And it's very welcoming when you come in. You can just sense Mm. the Lord's presence when you come in Mm, here. Praise God. So I just want to encourage everybody to, Mm. to connect. What an opportunity to launch yourself and be open to what God has and pray along those lines. Thank you so much for being with us on this. This is amazing. You have an amazing place, amazing ministry, and God is really steering you well. Well, thank you for that. And I do want to say one of the coolest parts of doing this work is also, you know, we sometimes go into ministry thinking how we're going to help our clients. Hmm. I have had many volunteers come back and say how God has worked on their heart. Hmm. Whatever it was, it can be different for everybody. I mean, we serve a very diverse group of people. So whether Hmm. it just opened their eyes to the city of Buffalo, Hmm. the the different populations, whether God just gave them a sensitivity to the issue. I had one, and all she's been voluntarily doing is helping sort and pack our donations that we've been transporting deliveries. And just from her working with our team and having conversations, she said, I see God at work here and just Mm -hmm. how it's changing her. Or I hear a story or I see the people you serve and I have a different mindset now about people. So that's the exciting part about volunteering. And and if God's nudging you, he's also going to even do something for you in it. too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, and God bless. Thank Thank you, you guys. We love Watermark. Thanks for all you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, it's great to hear from Julie and and from you, Randy. Thanks for sharing that interview with us. For those listening, if you have any interest, look up PATH. There's certainly opportunities for just about anybody to get involved, and we would love to see more of our folks from Watermark get connected and volunteer and support PATH financially or whatever other ways you feel prompted. Yeah, just feel free to contact us. Love to hear from everybody, even if it's just a hello with a question or anything where we can try to stump Dan on some theological point or something. But have a great week. Thanks for joining Dan Ward and me for another episode of Reach and Teach podcast. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks.